Welcome to the Journey of Managed Services, sponsored by General Dynamics Information Technology on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. Now, here's your host, Tom Tammon. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guests today are Ben Gianni, Vice President and Chief Technology Officer of National Security, and Sam Capone, the Service Area Director for Managed Services, both at General Dynamics Information Technology. Gentlemen, good to have you in. Thank you. Good to be here, Tom. Thank you. So let's talk about managed services, beginning by the maybe an exposition of the potential benefits of them, because I'm not sure they're always that clear to federal agencies that could benefit from them. The consumers of um, managed services uh, definitely look for the ability to focus on the services uh, that they require. It also means better flexibility for them, uh, better transparency, accountability, and also predictably, uh, predictiveness on uh, terms of uh, what consumers would pay for such services. When you talk about flexibility, do you mean in terms of staffing or other other aspects of the whole service delivery issue? Well, certainly staffing because it does uh, offload uh, the, the need from a human resources perspective, as uh, generally staffing would be part of uh, the bundled service. Uh, but definitely flexibility in terms of, uh, for instance, complying with uh, an IT modernization uh, need that uh, consumers might have, uh, and also uh, really the flexibility in terms of enhancing, uh, increasing, or decreasing service performance that they might require. Some cases they may, may require more, some cases less, uh, and there is a certain amount of uh, uh, flexibility built into the, that model. So it's almost analogous to cloud in that sense that you can scale up or down depending on the current requirement. That's correct, Tom. It's, it's really of, of the nature of a consumption uh, capability. Consume less, consume more. It's what you need. Yep. Sam? And analogous in the sense also in that um, it moves our clients from um, a CapEx um, acquisition and service. Capital expenditure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. To an op- OpEx model. So they're really only paying for what they use and it, it um, eliminates the need for large outlays of capital. So I imagine, Sam, that's an appealing quality in this time when nobody knows when their budgets are going to be coming through and they don't know what their long-term spending plans necessarily will be. The kind of pay-by-the-drink would be an attractive model right now. Absolutely. Pay-by-the-drink, pay pay for outcome-based transactions is is very appealing because clients are using exactly what they consume. And in this environment where our clients are consistently being asked to do more with less, this model is very appealing. And let me ask you about the pricing trends, not specific dollars and cents, but often agencies worry that when you contract for peak loads or large amounts that you might need, when you're getting less than that and using less than that, you're still paying a price for a larger quantity. How flexible can pricing be depending on the demand? Tom, pricing can be very flexible. Uh, generally, it's on a unitary basis, so a, a particular agreed-upon price for a particular unit of service. And the units can you know, go up or go down as the requirements dictate. And so there is uh, definitely flexibility in terms of price built into the model. So you can get a volume discount, but you also don't pay a premium if you're not using the volume. That, that's true. If, you've, if, uh, if it's been negotiated in that fashion, that's absolutely true. And while we're on the topic of benefits, I mean, a lot of federal agencies might be reluctant because they feel that only federal employees can do some of this work that might be involved with touching the public, for example, operating service centers or, or call centers, or even touching the government when it comes to help desk and so forth. Is it time to get rid of that myth? Or is it a myth? Uh, I, I think it is a myth. I think we've seen lots of examples uh, where um, things that were once thought to be uh, only government-in-kind services had to be provided by government employees. And I think uh, 
Um, the industry as well as government has evolved that to an extent where uh, there are some things certainly that are government in kind, but uh, generally if it's a commodity um, service, um, if it's uh, information technology based, uh, there may be some sensitivities, but largely I think uh, the industry and, and the consumers are arriving at the point that many of these services can be uh, enveloped in a, in a performance-based uh, managed service uh, engagement. And you mentioned uh, contact centers and, de- and working with the general public. These are really specifically good opportunities for our clients to leverage managed services because because contractors like us can offer these services at scale, and we do it and with the advent of um, self-help element, self-help um, channels. Self-service. Exactly. With the advent of self-service channels and other ways to request and receive service, um, it really makes leveraging managed services um, that much more effective for our clients. Now, very often what the government would buy under managed services is similar to what industry might buy, especially for, as you say, these self-service types of functions. Is it possible that the scale that you might get from the commercial side would translate to what the government buys if it's mixed in with the same service delivery, but virtually it's the government buying its own service. I think where that comes into play is in terms of experience and best practices and the processes that one's, one uses to deliver managed services. I think many of us have grown up in both the commercial and a governmental uh, um, service uh, environment, but certainly those, uh, you know, those environments are kept separate when we're talking about um, you know, our support to government. Yeah, especially if you get into military or classified, or sometimes the government's simply just more comfortable having its own facilities, even from a vendor. Right, and in some cases, uh, you know, it's it's a requirement that the service be dedicated to a particular customer, and and then it, then that does can and does happen. Then you meet it, sure. Right. And uh, who should be involved in the decision to go to a managed service? How does an agency best arrive at the decision? Say, yes, this is going to benefit us. It's not just the CIO staff or or the tech people. Well, cer- certainly the uh, the people who uh, are responsible for providing the service to their end users and their consumers uh, definitely need to be involved. But of course, it's uh, people in uh, acquisition and contracting you know, as well as technical people um, should really be coming around those sorts of decisions internally in in a consumer, uh, especially governmental consumer. And Sam, is it always IT? I mean, we're going to talk about in the next segment, we're going to talk about some of the specific services available, but as managed services take hold throughout the economy, it's not just IT services necessarily. It can be, as you mentioned, in those self-service, it could be provisioning other things like office space and so on. It could be, it could be, um, supporting a whole host of business process services like HR transaction processing or um, financial services transaction processing. Um, you mentioned facilities uh, management. So there's, um, there's a whole host of business process services that are enabled and made more efficient and effective by IT, but they themselves aren't. All right. On that note, we're going to take a short break. My guests today are Ben Gianni, Vice President and Chief Technology Officer of National Security, and Sam Capone, Service Area Director for Managed Services at General Dynamics Information Technology. I'm Tom Temin, and this discussion is The Journey to Managed Services, sponsored by GDIT on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. General Dynamics Information Technology and CSRA are now one company offering next-generation solutions across the government. Next is here. Find out more at thenextgdit.com. 
Welcome back to the discussion, The Journey to Managed Services, sponsored by General Dynamics Information Technology here on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. My guests today are Ben Gianni, Vice President and Chief Technology Officer of National Security for GDIT, and Sam Capone, Service Area Director, Managed Services at General Dynamics Information Technology. I'm Tom Temin. And let's begin this segment with just a reset of the definition of managed services. I think people may confuse it sometimes with shared services. It might be shared, but it's not strictly managed services. Ben? Sure, Tom. Uh, let, let's do that. Uh, a managed service engagement is typically characterized by the bundling of uh, perhaps hardware, software, and labor uh, packaged and delivered together as a holistic service. Uh, it's generally uh, measured and monitored, uh, certainly measured using a set of performance standards. Uh, quantity, quality, and timeliness things, uh, usually referred to as service level uh, agreements. And it's uh, generally designed for performance-based outcomes uh, for a particular fixed price. These services are to be contrasted with uh, typical um, you know, labor services, um, staffing augmentation type of engagements. And generally the difference there is in the ownership model of uh, assets. Um, you know, the consumer is uh, paying for an outcome as opposed to uh, labor. Uh, and generally, other differences could be uh, with uh, where the definition of the approach comes from. In the case of managed services, most of the time comes from the provider you know, versus the consumer. And just to make that distinction, you're not necessarily paying just for labor. Labor is a component of it, but it's not body shop type work. That's correct. You're, you're paying for an outcome. Uh, something gets um, delivered. Something gets uh, uh, fixed. Some issue gets resolved. It's done within a particular time standard, for instance, uh, and it's done at a, in an agreed-upon price up front by the unit. And Sam, how much can the customer specify the equipment or the hardware or the software or some of the technology underpinnings sure. that might be behind it? Managed services offerings are tailored to our client-specific uh, requirements. So you can, they can go as, as far um, down the managed services continuum to a full turnkey solution where we're providing the people, the processes, and the, and the technology and delivering on a, a per-transaction basis, or uh, a hybrid managed services where um, maybe we're providing the people at the client site using client technology, or we're providing the people and the technology but still performing at the client site. So there's a, there's a continuum of managed services delivery models that, um, that we tailor for our client-specific needs. What would be a compelling case, say, for having this on your own premises? Security is, is one compelling case where some customers need to or desire to have things uh, basically done on-premise. But, of course, you know, with the advent of uh, cloud computing, and generally what we're seeing now is there's definitely a hybrid in terms of on-premise or off-premise uh, in uh, either a private cloud or you know, community cloud. Isn't the trend toward having the people anywhere, but the data and the applications they're using to deliver the service are most likely going to be in the cloud nowadays, correct? In, in many cases, uh, that's correct. And generally, the people uh, are spread throughout. They could be on the customer premises, or they could be at the, at the provider's premises, or some appropriate split. And let's talk about what some of the specific types of offerings that are growing these days you probably remember the seat management contract of 20 years ago, 25 years ago, probably a little bit ahead of its time. Then we had NMCI, again, in some ways ahead of its time, but really proved over the long run to be a worthwhile type of model. 
What are people looking at in ter- agencies in terms of shared services these days? Sure. So uh, no, no amount of creativity there uh, that, that, that is limited to. So uh, really about anything. But generally you see, you know, that seat management is by no means dead. Um, uh, an end user service, if it includes a... Uh, you know, the in fact, if anything, it's more compelling now than it was then. I would I would argue that it is, Tom. Uh, great great point. But certainly, uh, you know, desktops, laptops, uh, mobile uh, computing uh, assets such as phones and tablets and things like that. You know, all the way from things that the end user interact with directly, all the way back to the data centers uh, and certainly the network and the communications that connects um, those things together. Um, but also. Um, in terms of uh, you know security services and all kinds of service to make data available to, uh, to to the users. And Sam, as the world moves toward the confluence or the congregation of cybersecurity and access physical security, is that becoming a managed service where those two types of things are combined? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, the managed services in the cybersecurity realm are like the security operations centers um, where we are helping clients. Um, Manage threats and and proactively and um, and and after after um, the threat. Um, so and the physical security piece of it is the facilities management piece of it. So yes, absolutely. And we talked about uh, providing of equipment and end user devices endpoints. Does the enrollment of people in the cybersecurity structure so that their mobile devices are registered properly and they get their credentials properly, and if it's two-factor authentication, that's all provisioned, can that be rolled into managed services? It, it certainly can be, Tom, and, uh, and and oftentimes is. So the mobile device management, as, uh, as some may refer to it in terms of uh, enrollment, uh, into um, you know the service uh, as well as into the cloud uh, subscriptions to clouds and things like that. Sure, those definitely do get uh, do get rolled into uh, performance based managed service engagements. Absolutely, all part of the larger potential unified communications managed services offering. Sure, and so we get then to the issue of the service level agreement, the SLA, and that's mm-hmm. when a lot of agencies maybe give it short shrift. And there's some things you really got to do to craft a good SLA. What are some of those things you got to make sure are in there and that both the contractor and the agency customer have a shared understanding? Definitely, once you define the services that you're looking for, you know, how do you measure, monitor, report, record, adjudicate a miss or a make uh, of an SLA becomes a lot of work. Fortunately, uh, in General Dynamics Information Technology, we have, you know, 30-some years of, of experience backing this up. So, uh, but definitely there's a you know, a, a measurement period to baseline, you know, where a consumer might be today, you know, prior to engaging. And if there's not, that's okay. There's usually a period of, uh, of active baselining that goes on to understand, you know, where it is. And it becomes a matter of uh, looking at specific uh, measurement approaches, uh, specific metrics, uh, and then getting into a cadence uh, uh, in terms of being able to produce that measurement and to answer to the to any variances that occur there. Sounds like you need to begin with what the outcomes are that you're expecting and then work those back into specifics in terms of metrics and then how the how yeah. it will be delivered. Certainly. When done, when done right, uh, SLAs are all, all about, you know, uh, understanding the outcome. And uh, sometimes we get lost in activity and we forget outcomes. Uh, sometimes it can be 
you know, somewhat painful to, to think, you know, to the core of what is the outcome that I am expecting to get from a, a particular service provider. My guests today are Ben Gianni, Vice President and Chief Technology Officer of National Security for General Dynamics Information Technology. Sam Capone is Service Area Director for Managed Services at GDIT. This discussion is the Journey to Managed Services, sponsored by General Dynamics Information Technology, here on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. General Dynamics Information Technology and CSRA are now one company offering next-generation solutions across the government. Next is here. Find out more at thenextgdit.com. Welcome back to the discussion, The Journey to Managed Services, sponsored by General Dynamics Information Technology here on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. My guests today are Sam Capone, Service Area Director for Managed Services at GDIT, and Ben Gianni, Vice President and Chief Technology Officer of National Security for General Dynamics Information Technology. I'm Tom Temin. And let's talk about some real-life examples where you have seen managed services in a contemporary sense come in and, and help out an agency. Sam? Sure. I think we'd start off by helping clients determine where they want to be in that managed services continuum that we talked about uh, a little bit earlier. So a current client that we're helping right now in the transition phase, they have a very large geographically dispersed service desk, and we're helping consolidate that and turn the service delivery model from you know, on-site labor-based per labor category to a fully managed service, which we're performing out of our site. And this is a hybrid using partly provided technology and partly a our provided technology along with our people and our facility. And these services are focused inside to users? Correct. And what are some of the services they're getting? They're going to get tier tier one uh, service desk assistance, tier zero self-help. So it's it's helping with applic- troubleshooting applications, troubleshooting uh, infrastructure issues, it, helping their, their end users, all their employees, um, remain productive and work through any issues they have as they're um, working on their applications or their infrastructure or their devices. So that's a pretty big application because you've got 300,000 employees potentially and probably more than that number of actual devices. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a large project, um, and, and it, we're in the, the uh, phase of transitioning them over from their um, labor-based service delivery model to the managed service, and, um, and it, it's a big undertaking. And it, which involves you know, moving the, the um, changing the service delivery model, um, communicating with end users to ensure that they know um, of what's what's taking place. So keeping the lines of communications open, um, the meaningful SLAs. We work together with the client to develop the SLAs to make sure that um, that we covered uh, everything on their risk and and, and our side as well. Um, so it is a big undertaking, and we are working it, it up. through now. Exactly. And how is it architected? That is to say, is everyone in the same place in Cleveland or something, or do you have dispersed facilities to operate this? We have a primary facility, um, which is our Bossier City, Louisiana um, Integrated Technology Center, backed up by um, by other facilities um, that are hot hot facilities, meaning that they're taking they're taking contacts uh, live um, that are backing up the primary facility. Sure. So the first line of service, if you will, is self-help before you get to someone oh, that you really have an issue that sure, 
Sure. I mean, we we want to drive as much as we can to the uh, self-help channels. Um, we, uh, we're working with the client to automate uh, certain contact types, the easier tier one contact types that can, that can be um, addressed by self-help more easily than others. So we're working with the client to identify and then automate those types of contacts so that we can um, drive um, some call volume down and then really focus on the more complex. So there's metrics kept on both sides here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We keep the day-to-day operational metrics. The client has visibility into those, and the client is measuring us based on, um, based on our SLAs and, our, and, and the agreements that we uh, have. And just out of curiosity, what is a reasonable expectation for fulfillment of a request of, of that nature? Is it 10 seconds, two days? I mean, what kind of order of magnitude are we talking about in terms of time? Um, well, if you begin with, a, say, a simple call, um, usually, I mean, and a, a typical SLA might be, um, you know, eighty percent of the contacts should be responded to within thirty seconds. Oh, and that's that pretty means, fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but what customers are getting used to, and users are getting used to, what the experience that they have in the private sector, so they want the same experience from their uh, from from the government. So um, that's why we're establishing SLAs like that. So that, when I say response, we mean you know a human is picking up the phone um, and working through their issue with them. And we try to maximize first contact resolution rates by providing our folks with all the right knowledge, all the right information, the right tools to be able to help the client and the customer on that first contact. And as this contract unfolds, what sort of managerial contact or meetings or reviews do you have regularly to make sure that both sides are getting what they want out of the deal and that the customer is getting what the SLA called for? Certainly, Tom, we have uh, uh, daily monitoring at uh, levels of management uh, at the program and above the program, and so does the customer. You know, one of our uh, processes is something we call a daily service review, where we uh, um, inspect what happened over the last 24 hours, uh, review any anomalies, uh, whether we're, you know, having any particular SLA impacts, and then we predict what should be happening over the next 24 hours so we're ready, and uh, we generally bring our customers into that. Sometimes they'll do uh, one of their own, and sometimes we'll do one together. So on that kind of time cycle every day, then it's pretty difficult for things to get so out of control that you get dissatisfied. Yeah, that, that's certainly our recommendation is that uh, both the provider and the consumer of managed services you know, should have eyes on um, the outcomes and the, uh, and the service levels on, on a daily basis. All right, so in the time we have left, what's your best advice for agencies that want to get started and start getting some of these benefits and savings? Well, uh, it, it certainly is a journey, uh, Tom, and, and so our recommendation for uh, prospective consumers is really to seek input uh, from those who have um, experienced the journey, uh, either all the way through or, or part of the way through. Uh, there are various stages that can be uh, recognized and anticipated, um, and so um, come talk to us, uh, come talk to um, uh, our peers uh, in the industry, definitely come talk to some of the customers uh, who have been through the experience and been through the journey to manage services and uh, get from them firsthand in terms of uh, you know, the perceptions going in uh, that may have changed uh, in process and uh, you know, whether they're uh, satisfied and, um, uh, with the services they get in the, in the style in which they receive them. Well, that's a good note to end on. I want to thank today's guests. Ben Gianni is Vice President and Chief Technology Officer for National Security. Sam Capone is Service Area Director for Managed Services, both at General Dynamics Information Technology. I'm Tom Temin here on Federal News Radio 1500 AM. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search Managed Services. 
Thank you for listening to the Journey to Managed Services, sponsored by General Dynamics Information Technology. The entire program is available on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search GDIT. General Dynamics Information Technology and CSRA are now one company offering next-generation solutions across the government. Next is here. Find out more at thenextgdit.com.